thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency because, as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear in the guard. This is episode 254 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, March 29th, and made available for download on Tuesday, April 2nd, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Ken Shadow. And I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry's Corporate Fiber Nuggets. Right, Ken Shadow? That's right, Jeff. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central or thereabouts as we record Guard Frequency Live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on that Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all of our Patreons who support us week on week, and we hope you consider joining them because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure and check them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get to the show. What do you got in store this week, Brian? And this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest from Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, and Jeff's favorite video game ever, Hey Hello Games production of Hey Sean Murray Vision, No Man's Sky! Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. Speed 175, Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. Elite Dangerous changes their form fonts and sells some ship pieces. I mean, they're cool ship pieces for the courier, but still. The artist, formerly known as Robert Cloud Imperium Game Space Industry Group Rights UK Limited LLC, has filed many words in court, so naturally Tony the lawyer has many more words to say about this. Also, more 3.5 news, less ATV news, and no more $0 CCUs. And somebody strapped Jeff down, because No Man's Sky is definitely going to VR on PCs this summer. It might not be everybody's idea of a space sim, but it's a universe simulator in space with robots and lasers and spaceships, and it's all in 3D. And it technically has a flight stick. Yeah, it's going to be great in VR. That's going to be awesome. 
I have to say I'm kind of looking forward to it. My question, though, my problem, my concern, my issue is that I bought it on good old games. So I got I got the DRM free copy, but this says it'll work. Uh, the press release says it's going to be on PlayStation VR. That's what my initial impression was. So it's definitely going to that. But it's also going to be on Steam VR. So can I get my good old games copy to run under the Steam launcher so I can run Steam VR on it? Yeah, because your your headset requires Steam VR, right? Yep. It's an OS VR headset. Yep. Does Does God give you a key at all? I don't know. I'm gonna have to find these things out. Tony, 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 you don't have to worry. It's It's no more Sky. I mean, come on. It's really. I'm it, gonna it really, try it. it I'm, I'm at least uh, gonna try. I have to try. I mean, I I went and bought Fallout 4 VR just to just to give it a shot. And it's badass, isn't it? It, uh, I haven't got it all quite figured out yet. It took me long enough just to figure out the whole moving around stuff, like where you disable it so you're not always tra- teleporting here and there. It took me long enough to get that turned off, and I have not yet been able to kill a cockroach. Uh, so I, it's uh, and I mean I'm having a little trouble with dizziness and kind of orientation too. So it's Fallout did that to me also. Yeah, it's it's being a little squiffy right now. I may, I may try Skyrim too, but use the teleportation and it'll help your dizziness for a while and then you'll get so you won't want to use it anymore and you'll switch over. Skyrim I didn't have any problems. Skyrim okay. you had, there were a bunch of mods to put in. Um, mm-hmm. graphics mods that make it phenomenally better. I don't know the current version I think doesn't work with the I'll have to give you a list of the mods that I have because I have a bunch of mods but they make Skyrim VR really really good and without them the graphics are kind of lame okay well, I'll have to give that a whirl but I will at least want to try I mean I own a copy theoretically I own a copy I mean I do have one but theoretically it'll work on Steam VR fingers crossed uh, and I'll at least give it a shot um, so it, it uh, and, and the content is more in line with what the hype was originally now I mean, oh yeah, they've yeah. got pretty much all the features they compl- or they that they were missing. They it implied. Seems like. They didn't actually come out and say they were going to do those things at the very beginning, but they heavily they, implied. They came out that. and said multiplayer. They came out and said multiplayer specifically. Yeah, but they said very specifically it could happen and then it couldn't. So multiplayer, a, like many people are online, you just can't see them or interact with them, but there are many players. That's oh my god, we this. No, I no, can't no, we're not going to rehash you're it. Arguing over freaking no more sky. But the new features look cool. Swimming around. The, the new features that have already come out. You know, swimming around underwater in VR. It's going to be cool. It's a whole new environment in VR. So just having VR support makes the game way, way better for me. So is the multiplayer stuff fixed currently, or is this something coming with the VR stuff? You know, I haven't done any multiplayer in it, so I don't know. Yeah, they have some multiplayer activities, and I think that when they actually do this stuff, there's going to be more. There's more announcements upcoming. Uh, and there's one super secret thing that they're kind of keeping under their uh, under their lid for the moment. Um, but like I said, their their initial launch shaky. Their track record since much better. Um, and so and with a with a huge additional feature set that they're releasing for free. If you have the PlayStation version or the Steam version, fingers crossed on the GOG version. Um, that uh, you know it, they're they're continuing to improve on the product, and uh, I think delivering on. The original promise a little better, so I'm definitely interested in at least checking it out. Watch this space. So there was little news out of Elite Dangerous. That is correct, and I'll take that segue and run with it. That'll work fine. That'll work fine. Uh, they did change their forums, which has some people like I'm going to say up in up in wrists 
I mean, they can't get their whole up in arms about it. Like maybe their wrists are kind of flailing a little. Um, but um, they have a list of new features here. I shall read some of them for you, and you can see if any of them are exciting. Hold on, hold on. Let's back up for a second. What in the forums changed? Tell me. Well, I'll let me tell. Let me tell you, Brian. There's a. I have a few tell items me, here. Tell me, Tony. I'm, I'm native, native mobile support with a responsive theme. Why would people be up in wrists about that? Because it's change, Brian. People don't like change, and the old ways of the forums in the mobiles were adequate. Mm-hmm. But this is native mobile. Uh, there's also I forum see. trophies now. Trophies, I see. even uh, a developer tracker. Now, all sarcasm aside. That's something I do like. I do like having a dev tracker on, on the forums. Uh, yes. Personal news feed. I can see what my friends are up to because mm-hmm. I don't talk to them in real life. I, revol- mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I rely on the People forums suck. for that. Uh, modern day WYSIWYG editor. Now, I'm going to give that one a, a little clap just because I like the acronym WYSIWYG. Uh, what you see is what you get for the uninitiated. Uh, yeah. Hello, 1980. Yes. Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, native two-factor support because people want to break into my forum account all the time and impersonate me. This is mm-hmm. a thing that happens. Uh, post reaction. I've only done that like three times. Yeah. Like, like, I know both times it was to post floppy rockets. So, I mean, no exactly. harm, no harm, exactly. no foul. No harm, no foul. Exactly. I mean, technically it was a flight stick. So. Yeah, t- it, technically. It was okay. Um, yeah. uh, post reaction system. Eh. Push notifications, eh? Rich link previews, eh? Post and thread bookmarking, eh? Auto embed of social posts. Just place the URL in your post. Boom! It's embedded. I like a I like a bullet point that has a boom in it. Okay. I do. You know what? I, I think we're good now. Okay. I, I was a little curious. I was expecting something a little so, more. So for the uh, scandalous for for our listeners across the pond. Do we want to mention that the uh, Elite Community Meet is uh, less than a month away and their tickets are still available? Uh, that's the one in England, yes. Uh, yes. They had something, la- as we record the show, they had an unofficial thing at PAX East last night. But you had to uh, reserve a month ahead of time and uh, yeah. get tickets and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a meet if you're a British listener and you want to go. Uh, it's in, is it Manchester this year? Yeah, Manchester, mm-hmm. UK. Manchester, yeah. UK. So at the um, Renaissance Hotel, even. Wow, super nice. So if you're in the UK, and we know some of you are, and you go, drop us a line from there and tell everybody they're high from us, the Americans. So, uh, and then um, yeah, so uh, and the, the courier got some shit pieces, which I found wonderful because I have a courier and it's really cute. It is really cute, actually. And it's like I, a little. It's like a Volkswagen Bug. Well, in, they, in space. Several, they have several pieces that change many different aspects. I'm looking at the 3D model right now. A little in the last newsletter, they got a little spinny graphic that changes the ship. And in the same vein of digging up controversy, I have I have come to find out that the ship kit pieces in the lore and actually in the game as modeled in the uh, in the game code. Those ship pieces do not exist. They are holograms because there's no collision set on the, the things. Oh. So they'll, they'll clip right through stuff. And, it, you know, and it, when you look at it, it's just like, oh, someone just didn't set the collisions on it. Oh, no, 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 no. That's on purpose because in the game, in the, in the, in the game world, that's just holographic bits that stick off your, stick off your ship. What would be the point of that? It, what would be the point of it is at some point somebody stuck some stuff on a ship and somebody said, you know, the frame rate takes a little bit of a dip with all this geometry. And they're like, oh, it's okay. Just just turn off the collision. We'll make them holograms in the lore. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, because that sounds ridiculous to me, honestly. Avorion has a hologram block that you can put up, and those blocks serve the purpose of, you know, they they they're they're not Im- they don't take impact, but you might target them. Um, so it doesn't really. I mean, there's no real point to them, but at least they could make your ship look more imposing than it is. I guess maybe that's the point. Well, but it, it seems yeah. like that's not the point in Star Citizen there. Orally dangerous, but um, I mean, that's, elite, that's yeah. ED we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, elite, but uh, but I, it, I, I think that it, it solved a problem, maybe some practical problems like Ken Shadow was saying, but I think it also, in the lore, it's like, well, we have these ships and they're designed in the center of mass and all these other kinds of things. You, you start sticking bits on it and, you know, it's just going to throw off all the complex calculations that go on to keep your, your uh, flight assist going, you know, hyperspace, blah, 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 all this stuff. But what I really makes what, what makes it real to me and why this makes total sense is that I see people driving around with neon lights under their cars presently. So, and spinny hubcaps. I, I, I think those things are equivalent. No, I don't, I, I don't buy that because, see, these are, these are actual pieces that are supposed to change the, you know, uh, look. Yeah. Well, and in Star Citizen, they would, they would have collision. They would have a function. They would affect the physics model. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it also feels change like the center of mass and the flight characteristics of the ship. Right. And how it would behave in atmosphere. We'll get to the flight model here in a bit. Uh, you know, and I mean, if it, it didn't work and it took three years to rework it, damn it, we're going to do that. <laughs> so, yeah. We promised you However, ship kits as the, as the $14 million stretch goal. And we're going to, by God, we're going to have it in there. I think what it, they're really doing is keeping a certain consistency with what they sell in the shop. Because what they sell in the shop is stuff that's purely cosmetic. If their wing bits did change how you fly or did give you a larger surface area that could uh, be hit by weapons or increased your cooling or whatever, it would have functionality and game-changing effects, which would then sort of dictate against them selling it in their cash shop. Heaven forbid. Uh, truly. I mean, they're pretty They're pretty staunch about that. They're pretty staunch about it only being uh, uh, cosmetic it's stuff. Good, it, good, good for them. They're like the one company left that has an issue with it. You don't think it's because Elite still thinks it's 1984 and a uh, cylindrical collision hull is good enough for any ship in their engine? No, I don't think so. I don't either, because they do better than that. But I do feel like I do feel like they could probably put collision on the stuff. I mean, I guess I get what you're saying, but it would only ever hinder things. It would never make your ship better to have a larger surface area to hit. Right, it would just make it worse. Yeah, it would give yeah, you which it makes increase, it less to sell. Yeah, so your point your totally hit, stands. Increase, increase your hitbox area, that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. so I, I think it's a design philosophy as well as perhaps some performance issues, as, as Brian pointed oh. out. So, well, that was I mean that was the best controversy I could gin up there uh, for Elite Dangerous. So you know, and we still got a, some good radio out of that. But now, now, now we talk about the good stuff. So. We can talk about the real news first, and then we can talk about the other stuff later if we want to do that. So you'll wake me up at the end of this. Thank you. No, no, this is the part no, where no, we no. talk about the yeah, this is by the good stuff. I mean, like the actual <laughs> game news, like the stuff you want to talk about, Jeff. We can take your nap after. Oh, okay. You can take your nap after. Three point five went to PDU for Wave One anyway. I don't, which I don't know who includes, well, but includes I, me. So it, whatever. They're really and and. I, I've got to say, um, before we get to the good bits on the PTU stuff, I just got a note um, tonight, actually, from them that they're going live here really shortly. Oh, yeah? Did they give you a date? Because uh, we made that mistake here. before. Let me check here. Uh, oh, the prepare to fly email? Uh, 
yeah, it says, yeah, it says it's almost fly. ready for prime time, which could mean anything from now, from like two minutes to two weeks from now. It, you know, so it'll probably Soon still be TM. in P two by the t- it'll probably still be in P two by the time the show goes live. Just says, yeah, it just says almost live. I don't know. They have a lot of bugs. They got like, a lot of t- bugs. We can talk about some of the P two bugs, which are which, which are a little some of some of which are a little hair pulling. Um, but anyway. Uh, so I'll, let me let me say a couple of things, Jeff, and then you can say your your couple of things on the experience. Okay. So um, so I got in. I made I made a um, I used the new face system and made a female character. And it's a little daunting at first if you you don't know where it's going, but um, uh, it's very powerful. It's really cool. It was they showed it off on ATV today as well. So if you don't have access, you can go check out the video there. Um, it, it's really it's it's good for making a, a wide number of faces. Um, and then the uh, actually playing around with the female character, there seem to be um, a good number of bugs in terms of, of uh, clothing things. Like some clothes work, some don't, some don't. If you pick the wrong flight suit, all of a sudden you end up with a woman's head with no neck on a man's body who has like elongated weird like fingers and stuff. If you pick the right spacesuit, right, right, right uh, undersuit, but the wrong armor, then your armor is floating like six inches off your body all around you. And there's some weird uh, um, mass uh, effect. Love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mass effect kind of armor situation. Um, and, and, and then uh, running around, uh, when, oh, I tried the new flight model out, which is which I, I cannot effectively judge at this point because I have not gotten used to it yet. Um, the new map is cool. Once you get the new keys for figuring out the map, there's some issues, there's some issues there. You, you have to like a lot of the keys change for some weird reason. Um, but the flight model itself, uh, setting speed, there's a bunch of new buttons and modes that take a little bit getting used to. Um, uh, flew around, went to Art Corp. I was not able to land an Area 18 um, due to uh, crashes and. Uh, uh, at least one quantum drive malfunction where I flew through the through the planet of Art Corp and hit hit the planet at uh, some sort of relativistic speed, um, killing me. And uh, but I did fly around through the city a bit, and that was fun. Um, and uh, tried the again tried the new flight model out. It was uh, yeah, I didn't get to the moons, but but it was um, I probably only spent uh, a couple of hours. But the um, I like where everything is at the moment. Um, bugs aside, um, so I, I have I have good hopes for the the, the release when they go to the uh, go live. All right, Jeff, what were your experiences? Well, you know, you remember that episode in TNG when when Picard opens the elevator and he steps out into into um, space. Um, I remember that one. Oh uh, yeah, they go to the edge of the universe. That that's my the very first thing to happen after I logged in. Um, I opened up my little cubicle door and stepped right out into space. <laughs> so I flew around there for a few minutes, and all of a sudden I got caught up and caught up in the geometry. Um, I don't know if it was downloading assets in the background or whatever, but it was it was kind of uh, it was kind of funny. The uh, uh, flight model, I I uh, I like the new flight model. It it seems to be responsive. And what do you think about the speed setting thing? I'm not too sure about that yet. Either I have to remap some of my uh, throttle controls or something's going on there. But uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if I got my full speed out of it or let, not. Let me unpack the logic on on this one because I'm not real clear on this. So what you do is you set a throttle max or you set a throttle setting. And then your sort ship of. automatically attempts, whenever it can, 
to achieve that speed. Now, when yeah, you turn or bank or flip or whatever, you're not going to achieve that speed at all times. But whenever you can, the ship's going to point the nose straight forward and get you up to that speed. Is that right? That, that, that's kind of the way it, it has always been to a degree. So that's what the, that's the definition of the flight model, right? Like you're setting a speed in a direction with the joystick and the the physics model, uh, the, the, the thrusters kind of fight with the physics model to try and get you to that, right? That's always been the thing. The new thing with, um, with the, this new flight model is um, they control the thrusters differently. Like a lot of the, I think, again, they mentioned an ATV this week where the, a lot of the thrusters were not done properly and you end up with way more power in thrusters that shouldn't have it. So the ships, in theory, feel better. Um, the other thing in terms of like the control scheme, you know, for what you're doing with the, the speed is they ended up, they ended up implementing all sorts of do speed modes. So you have more flexibility with how you, you pilot. So the default mode for speed is you set, you set your maximum all using your scroll wheel on, on the screen. And then you use the, um, the normal WASD buttons to to increase or decrease your space, your, your speed within that range. So technically, so, that's a flight stick. Uh, technically, you know, <laughs> technically, you'd be using your flight oh, stick okay. and your, and your HOTAS. But I think that they think they think, they think the, the 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 effect there is that because your ships basically have not, not an infinite range, but like a much much wider range. It's not there's no there's no more of these like. Uh, I'm in combat mode. I'm in cruising mode. I'm in you know landing mode. I mean, there's still a landing mode, but it, it it's mostly just turning, putting your gears down and pulling that max speed all the way down. But during normal flight, you use your scroll wheel and you're like, okay, I'm in combat. I'm gonna lower my my max speed so I don't overshoot this guy and I can keep on him and stuff, right? And then you know I, when I want to get away or when you know, I want to cruise up, I can scroll my scroll wheel up and set my max speed much higher and then and ex start accelerating up to that. And that's your, that's your, your bait. And then if you let go of the forward acceleration button, your W button, um, then you start coming down on your, your max speed setting within that, that boundary. Um, nice scroll wheel. I, I have one too. I am holding up and you have, you, I am holding up my track ball. Long time I, I, listeners. I, I, yes. And so is Brian. Yes. I have the fancier version. The whole well, you have the newer one. Is that the one with like the tilts that that's sort of yeah, like tilt? Yeah. yeah, it's got like this magnet on it, so you can you can do it. And I have I have I have one of I have two of the ones that you're doing in my yeah. In I, my have, work I have I have two these two one for my laptop and one for for this for my desktop. So yeah. So, so, so need, that that one that you hold, Tony, is the one I use on my desk at work. Yes. See, so the trackball is uh, king once again. I, I'll tell you, I can zip around Google Earth Pro like nobody's business. Amontillado says we don't need to see your balls, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, it's a flight stick. Well, I still say nothing beats dual sticks. The, uh, period. Dual sticks are great. I, I don't. I don't know how the speed where this new speed system works with dual yeah, sticks. That's what I'm trying I to figure out. With, my, with, my, with my Z axis here in my with my throttle because I I'm like like flight sims, you know, jet thrust and whatever it's. You control that a lot with the with the with the forward and um, you can't see it on camera, but um, you know uh, sliding forward and back. And this hold, this this particular flight stick separates into into um, I can actually do 
I can separate them and I can do one forward and one back if I wanted to. So I can have my individual engines, um, you know, push right. and pull. Right, yeah, separated. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, and I haven't been able to map that correctly into Star Citizen yet. Um, uh, but DCS and, and all that it works really well. So I, I'm kind of out on that on the whole thruster uh movement thing uh the rest of the flight well, model i liked well there are there are other modes so that the one i just described is your default one and then there's um there's a couple other modes like there's one that you turn cruise mode on basically the ship tries to stay at full speed at all times and so what that basically means is that your current speed is just basically selected by doing doing a scroll up and down and that is more like the old flight model in terms of, of setting your speed. Um, but the, the other thing, the, the thing that comes across is with, with all the speed setting and these new controls is that um, what we, what, what is traditionally the decoupled stuff where you're doing strafes and, and all that, that's a little more prominent in the system than it was before. Like that is a, it's a little easier to switch to that mode and switching in and out of that mode. So you can, you can be flying along, switch to decoupled a little easier than you used to be able to. You basically just turn it on and off and, and end up strafing around or swinging around and turning it back on in order to reorient yourself. So I, I, I think it's trying to get to the point where people that, that have some skills that the, the controller doesn't, the control scheme, at least for mouse and keyboard, doesn't hold them back and that they're able to do a little more fancy maneuvers and things like that. Um, which is also important because uh, because the the thrusters in the game modeling or have changed. Like the small thrusters are now appropriately small thrusting, uh, and that your big thruster is way more of your your power in the ship. That you are um, in some ways going to be a little more floaty um, in in these tight dogfight combats. And so having more control and being able to strafe a little more, having finer grain movements in your thrusters. Will, Will probably be appreciated by those guys. Yeah, I took out a. I, my first ship I took out was a was a Hammerhead. So um, I hadn't I haven't jumped into a fighter yet to uh, to see what that's going to be like. And I ha I want to take it down in the atmosphere and also um, <clears throat> play with yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, it makes the ships feel a lot different. Like even even between the fighters. Like I took out uh, a three hundred I and I took out a um, Vanguard. I took out the Vanguard. Yeah, yeah, and those felt extremely different in terms of the way they they, they floated around. Um, obviously, three hundred I was much more responsive. Yeah, so so the so what it uh, you can now uh, pitching is uh, a lot more fast and responsive because you have the thrusters pointing in the right direction, and yaw kind of sucks because uh, you don't have a lot of thrusters pointed side to side. It depends on the ship, right? So, are there, are there ships that really yaw really good? Uh, I mean, everybody has you know um, X Y nose position decently well. Um, but some of them are going to be a little bit different in terms of of how uh, of what their turn rate is. I haven't I haven't seen any yet, but I haven't really played with the ship where the the pitching and the yawing are asymmetric, you know. But between the ships I tried, you know, there was a noticeable difference in the yaw and pitch speed. The Aurora originally did that really well. I can I remember uh, when we went back before we had the 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 uh, live version when we were just having. Um, the combat uh, scenarios and, and our hangars um, that the Aurora seemed to yaw really well um, 
where others did not. Well, it's a brick, so maybe yeah, they, they, the thruster should yeah. be you know, equally positioned all around it. So, all right. Well, uh, first impressions there, and those will uh, continue to roll in as they tweak it. I'm sure. A um, couple other little news bits uh, for those of you who've been around a long time. Uh, turn in your CCUs. Actually, you probably don't have time because they're probably going to cut it off. No, it's a it's a month from now. A month from now. Okay. Well, turn them in because they're, they're going away. They've they've stopped selling them as of I think the end of this week. Um, which they weren't really selling them anyway before. Um, and then the, the they're deleting them out of everybody's count uh, into April. Right. So, so get into your ship and close the hatch behind you because you won't be able to trade it anymore. So and apparently that was done for reasons. So uh, reasons. So reasons. if anybody cares to sound off on that, you go ahead. Other than that, we'll just leave it there. No, the, the reasons the, the reasons they said they literally linked to their old post when they talked about it originally. Yeah, yeah. And read the, the fine the, print from two years ago or whatever. Yeah, the reason they stated back then was that they do they they basically build their roadmap and their work schedule based on the number of people who have bought ships. Right. So if a bunch of people buy a specific ship and it has a higher percentage of the, of the fan base, then they will prioritize that in the ship pipeline. Because that means more people want to see that ship out, and so and two years um, ago that might have been true, and that yeah exactly, and um, they, they they said that they also use CCUs because that shows an intent of somebody to be switching to that ship in the in the future, and but the problem is is people would get these zero dollars zero dollars CCU is uh, you have two ships uh, they're both the same value a good example used to be the old um, Carrick and. Uh, reclaimer, right? You could you could get zero dollars for CCUs for, for no, that's reclaimer. Those are reclaimer. Okay, those are reclaimer. Yeah, or it used to be the redeemer and the the Banu merchantman and the uh, one of the constellation variants, I think. Anyway, um, anyway, if you have ships that work the same value, you can get a CCU between them, you know, and it doesn't cost any money because there's no difference, oh no price difference, and so people. Because these are like items, these aren't like statuses, you know, they're actual items that sit in your, um, in your hangar. And so you can get multiple of them and you can just fill up, you can get, you can get an infinite amount of them essentially. And so that's what people did. And they would, they filled up their hangar. And then uh, a while back, some ships that you could get $0 CCUs on, one of the ships that had the same price went up in price. And, and therefore, um, they never. They didn't state any of this. You know, their their right. reasons were the the four part, the the other part. Um, the the real reason, at least in my opinion, is because of the asymmetric ship uh, appreciation. You end up with people selling ships on the gray market that they didn't technically had have, getting the money for the ship they just sold, using it to buy a cheaper ship, ceasing you up to the more expensive ship, and then giving it to the, that that person. So everybody gets what they want, but basically what you did was you sold a $0 CCU for 50 bucks or something like that. It and introduced that, an arbitrage opportunity into the ship pricing model, an unanticipated arbitrage opportunity, a, a arbitrage opportunity that they themselves introduced into the system, and then oopsie. This was an unforeseen consequence of their uh, ship price inflation mm. matched with their uh, customer-friendly um, uh, cha- ship changing policy. The word and we so, use around at guard frequency is own goal. So that, and that, so that, there were there were members of the, of the of the community that were probably kind of vocal about it at the time and freaking out that people were doing this. And 
originally Sig's response was, well, just make it where there's no $0 CCUs. It's like if you ever buy a CCU, the minimum price is $5 and that fixes the exploit, right? But people freaked out and then they're like, all right, fine no $0 CCUs at all, <laughs> right? And so for a long time, they have been very restricted. Like occasionally there'd be a situation where you could switch, but almost always the it, it would, sometimes it would happen and then they'd lock it down. So there you can't get a CCU for same, same price ship model. So Henry, there you are, reasons. That makes a lot of sense. Reasons, yeah. So yeah, own goal, <laughs> shoot yourself in the foot, uh, self-inflicted wound, pick, pick your choice. Yeah, but, but the long story short is it's 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 going away, and you can't even you can, and even the ones you have. So I know plenty of people that have lots of zero solar CCs. I have plenty, and this is going to be really annoying because that means that I'll have to make a final decision about my glaive, um, because I have I have a million CCs for my glaive. Ah. I always I I always toy with the idea of not having it. So here's here's our Brian. Part of the problem. Mm, shame yeah. on you. Should I play that market? Shame. I think my. I, th- I think my my my, uh, my hanger, if uh, its its current CCU value is probably twice its melt value at this point from uh, ship up trading. So. Oh gracious! <laughs> oh, you naughty naughty boy! All right, well, I, I won't. don't hate the player. Don't hate the game. Hate the game. Oh, but I love the game we're building. Uh, anyway, uh, all right. So and then uh, and finally, uh, so uh, it, it, I'm going to use this bit as a segue into the final bit. Uh, so uh, apparently we had a bit of an announcement that there's going to be a little less ATV slash RTV content because they don't want to bother the devs with having to talk on television anymore or not as much. So I'm just hanging that out there as sort of like another se- another piece of evidence, another bit of a change, another That's bit of a change. That's not what he said, right? Uh, That's not reasons. What, okay, know, there's reasons. He, All right, he should, said. Go ahead. He said that the first part of the quarter. The devs are all spending their time planning, and he said that that it, that made basically bad content. So rather than 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 squeezing blood from a rock for the for the weeks after the beginning of a quarter, they take they're going to take a hiatus each quarter. Yeah, but don't subscribers get like you know? Don't we get that for subscribing? Not me personally, but uh, part no, of that. No, well, I mean the 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 subscriber money is supposed to go towards producing the shows. Right. So. <clears throat> By cutting that out, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, it's it's something that's expected. And it's already been reduced. I mean, they had already yeah. reduced it. Yeah. I mean, what they could do, and this is just spitballing here, is they could broaden their show format to include things like classic games that they played when, you know, well, they're waiting for things to draw. Like, where the <laughs> where the f*** is the next alpha patch? You know, they could or, do or, that. Or, 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 or perhaps, perhaps, perhaps they could actually showcase community work. You know, for I those recall couple of shows. a long time ago, back in the olden days, when a certain Disco Orlando had a show on the CIG channel that did just that. Even he should just resurrect Citizens of the Stars. Yeah. So I mean, for, for, you know, for three weeks every quarter. Yeah. So reasons. Another thing. He could spend the entire quarter building up footage for it, and then just do like a there you go. do a talent show, or you know, basically it's like a. What, what, is, what would that be? It's not a talent show. It's like a, what do they call those? It, uh, I, I don't. I kind of like talent show. I kind of like that. I mean, uh, it's like you know a menagerie of of, of Star Citizen crazy. That's what they need. 
Sure. Uh, yeah. So uh, there, uh, ideas abound uh, for that. But I mean, it, it kind of what I'm taking. I'm, I'm I'm using this as a segue because it's sort of like here's another little bit of a change from the way things used to be to the way things are now. The concerns of the develop developers are, you know, and getting things shipped and getting out the door are taking a second seat to prior commitments to produce community content, et cetera, et cetera. It's just another one of those sort of like little subtle sea change things. And this is all happening because of the purchase, the investment, right? Um, that's my theory. That's my supposition. That's my that's my conclusion. So why, why would the, why would the investment affect this? Because it changes who is in control of their uh, production. Before it was the crowd funders were the last word. What we want really mattered. And now we're not the ones giving them all the money. The ones giving them all the money are the investors who now are demanding a paycheck from a released product. So things like having great fun with the community and keeping us all invested becomes less important to getting a box on the shelves. Not that it'll actually be a box on the shelves, but you know what I mean? Getting a, a finished guys, product. The guys who make the videos aren't really... I mean, they're not going anywhere. So what is this? What, what, how, I don't understand how investor translates into fewer it, shows. It shows a function, or uh, I'm sorry, a shift in priorities. You know, the developers are less available and less bothered with that stuff. It just, it says to me a shift in priorities. Uh, I think Tony agrees. I think you might not, but yeah, it, shift in priorities. The, I, I understand where you're coming from. And if it was like, okay, like let, let's say this. Let's say, you know, we're, we're moving the ATV to a fortnightly cadence and I was like okay they're spending less time on shows etc um, you know maybe you're right but this is like a couple of weeks a quarter that's not that, that doesn't that doesn't calculate to me right it's three weeks right three weeks off in a four-month period or a three-month period yeah it's one three quarter, weeks off but, but it's in a clump so that's you know? about a third of it that's a fourth that's that's quite a bit yeah. of uh, three weeks out of three weeks out of twelve Okay, yeah, so your math is better than mine. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's quite a bit of the content. It's, it's a 25% reduction in, in and that's and that's if that that's it. But we I mean they're going to take a week off at around CitizenCon or then at Christmas. I mean it's it's what I'm what my, the point is is not that that's oh they're pulling the plug. Oh my god, it's going dark. No, it's it's a shift in priorities. It's like our producers and whatever are going to be in meetings talking about planning. We don't want them to have to come up with things to talk to to talk to Disco Lando about that we don't we don't want to do that it's not good for the the for the bottom line or for the deadline or for the the productivity or whatever so we're just not going to do that anymore okay i mean what do you got to say except okay well they don't the the people that are in charge of those things say that's not a priority what the priority is getting the planning done and getting the, the production schedule set uh, okay but it's just it's just another data point that I'm 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 looking at to say here's another example of how priorities have changed. I'm using that as a segue into the next bit because just today uh, CIG filed another thing in their lawsuit, and boy howdy, there this was a uh, this was a uh, a paper bomb. This was uh, this was just uh, I, I haven't even done a full page count of it yet. But let me just give you an idea. Uh, this is, uh, there are 54 sub-documents to this document. Most of them are, some of them are up to 26 pages, I think is the biggest one. Oh no, there's a 34. So multi-part exhibits to this thing that's called a motion to set bond. Now, this happens, uh, this is a California thing, so I haven't ever seen it before, but it's not unheard of that when uh, a 
court case is going to involve costs and attorney's fees. One party says, if I win, I get costs and attorney's fees. And if you win, you get costs and attorney's fees. It's a way to make people stop and think before they just sue you for no good reason over a contract. So uh, there's a provision like that in the game licensing agreement between Crytek and CIG. CIG wants, or Cry, yeah, CIG wants Crytek to post a two million dollar bond to cover costs and expenses for the court case that CIG says we're gonna win. So is that like a way to price them out to be like you can't continue exactly. because you can't afford it? Exactly. That tactic should be illegal. Exactly. No, it, it's, it, is, it is legitimately perfectly legal. It is exactly I'm sure it is. Right. It just sucks because to not have the money to fight for your own rights is bullshit. Crytek and is still a big company. Even even in their financial straits, they're not a small company. Wait, 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 say, say that last part again there, Brian. Say that last part even again. Even in their financial straits, Crytek is a big company. In, in, in their what? What? Say that again into my good ear, Brian. Brian, say that into my good ear. What? Even operating from the damn poorhouse, oh, Crytek is a big company. The, the 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 what house, Brian? <laughs> the poppers corner. Oh, I only I only I only do this to illustrate a little point that they hammer home in this thing over and fucking over again. You know beep, what? Beep. Yeah, absolutely beep that because I was gonna say it again. <laughs> Holy fucking shit! This they have taken this multi-part pages and pages of documents. They printed out article after article of Crytek's going down. Everybody quits. There's no paycheck money. Blah, blah, blah. They and they stapled this to the back of this motion to say Crytek's got no cash over and over again. Then, then they say, oh yeah, and we're so going to win this because the judge tossed out their big thing and the rest is just a rank shambles. I mean, they are, they, this is what, this is what having Big Daddy's Pockets does to litigation. All of a sudden, you walk up to the table and you put down a bag of gold on this side and a bag of gold on this side, and you say, hey, hey, you see all this? You can't have none. You can't have it. You can't even afford to sit at the table to even have a chance to get some. By the way, $2 million on the table right now for you, or you can't play no more. It's just a big ante. It's just it's just a big raise at the poker table. Well, I'm sure Crytek is paying quite a bit for the uh, grade A legal caliber that they currently employ. So, what, what, Brian, say it, what, say it again, Brian. What what what'd you say? What did you say? This is getting fucking annoying, Tony. What'd you say? <laughs> grade I'm A. I'm sure Crytek, yeah. Crytek uh-huh. is paying out the ass oh. for the for the triple A legal counsel they currently Funny have. Funny you should say that because they brought that up too. Remember, remember Dan Offner? Dan Offner is the guy that's on CIG's board now that the outside investors put on there to be the, the babysitter watchdog. Dan Offner, okay. if you'll okay. recall, was yes. a counsel to the Oculus company when they sold themselves to Facebook. And Mr. Yes. Offner made a substantial amount of money on that, I am sure. Oh, a, I'm a sure. A large pile of money changed hands right there. You might also recall that Oculus and Zenimax had a big fat lawsuit against each other. And in that lawsuit, Zenimax asked for $40 million in attorney's fees. That law firm, according to this motion that CIG just filed, is the Crytek's lawyers. So we already, so they're saying to the court, we already know that they've hired some expensive legal counsel that are, they're going to run up the bills a lot. And they're going to just make a bunch of vexatious motions and litigation. It's going to tie the court down and drain resources, blah, blah, blah. Would you like to know how much they have spent so far? On this case, CIG has spent. Would you like to know? 
Oh, Sig. Sure. Sig. Go ahead. Tell Sig. me. Tell me. So I am, make sure I am, that I am you qualify that by breath. saying it's uh, our money. Quite literally, bated breath. Like Give you me qualify, a and, and it's not Sig any longer. It's CI. Oh, well, we'll get to that in just a second. We'll get there. They can't afford just the a, G anymore, man. Hold just a on, second. Hold on, hold on. Are you saying, Tony, are you saying they aren't paying legal counsel with spaceships? They are not. They are, I bet you'd work for spaceships. Or cross, ch- or cross chassis upgrades. They're not. They're not handing out cross chassis upgrades. They're like, we'll give. They're you. paying them in in-game currency. That's right. A UEC <laughs> baby. In a thousand years, it's going to be worth something. Just think about if the you could do that. Interest. Just settle it. Just settle with. with <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get there too. No, but uh, can can I say that uh, it it is messed up that the argument becomes who has more money and not who is right? I yeah. think that sucks. But I also uh, I wonder if. CIG, or I'm sorry, if Crytek would be in the poorhouse if Star Citizen had promoted them and finished the game and propelled them to the top of the industry the way the agreement originally said. Could be. But all we know in the meantime is that it has cost CIG, and I emphasize the G, to date, CIG has incurred $387,528.45 That's it. Of money. We, oh, yeah, that's it. They've answered. They have. De- Let me just put this in perspective. This is the first shot, and the second shot have been fired. That's all we are in this lawsuit. It has cost four hundred thousand dollars just to get the. Here's what you did wrong. Nuh-uh, I didn't. That's it. We haven't gone anywhere else yet. That's why a two million dollar bond is probably not even going to cover the legal fees. You think? Oh, they get into that too. It's like, oh, it's notoriously difficult to you know come up with uh, estimates or whatever. But they came up with one. It's notoriously difficult. But they came up with one. They they crunched the numbers and they sort of figured it out. And they have kind of a, a ballpark estimate. Let me just give you the ballpark here: two million one hundred ninety-three thousand two hundred ninety-eight dollars and forty-five cents, roughly, approximately that ish. Man, but, yeah. So. They they have a they have a bunch of exhibits. I haven't worked through all of them yet to see what all they're charging for that. There's uh, experts and uh, litigation services and a bunch of stuff that you would have in a big that's trial. Over, like this. That's like like two thousand interests. That's like, <laughs> that's like that's right. Like, We're gonna pay you like an interest high. It's like eight hundred of the uh, javelins. I think yeah, something like that's that. a fleet. It is a damn fleet. No, but uh, so anyway, yeah. So the the next stage in the litigation is they're going to fight over whether or not Crytek has to pay to continue the suit. And there's legitimate reasons why you'd have a, a law like this because Crytek is out of state. They mentioned this a bunch of times in there too. Crytek is not local. They ain't from around here. They're from Germany, uh, so you know they're not local boys. Uh, and the the California statute is in there to protect people from out of state people that come in, mess stuff up, and then disappear when the bill comes due. This is this this gets around that, so um, uh, it's it's it is used uh, uh, to to deter such behavior. So there's a legitimate use for that. Um, but what I find interesting is that this gives an opportunity for Crytek to come back and go, wait a minute, hold on, you worry about us disappearing? We're all over the news. You know, you got you got 87 articles printed off the internet about all of our stuff. You, I mean, you can't you can't. You can't throw a rock without hitting 16 of our products and, and, and news stories about us. What company am I, are we suing again? Are we suing Robert Space Industries or Cloud Imperium Games or the one in the UK or the other one in the UK or the other one in the UK? Or how about the one in Texas? How about the one registered in Delaware? Are you Cloud Imperium Games or are you Cloud Imperium now? What are you exactly? So they're opening the door to the exact uh, opposite arguments like, you know what? You should pay too, CIG. 
you should put a bond up there too because we don't know where you're going to disappear to. All of your assets are across the sea in England. This is a shell company you put up. And this is part of their defense too in the motion to dismiss. RSI, who's that? They didn't sign the document. CIG did. Why are you suing RSI? This corporate shell game goes both ways. Crytek may be in financial straits. How'd you put it, Ken Shadow? What was that again? One more time. The poorhouse, right. I think, is where you're on. The poorhouse. Crytek may be in the poorhouse, but see, you can't send Cloud Imperium a letter because you don't know what to, who, who to address it to. So it, it, this, it's just it opens them up to that sort of thing. But I'm it, this. This is the kind of stuff. There's so much dirt in this. And CIG's just flinging mud against the wall at Crytek on this one. It's just, I took, it's, I haven't even started to go through everything on this. But this is happening behind the scenes. This And this is going to lead into a discovery fight. I even had a piece of the transcript from the discovery hearing in there, too, about how Crytek wanted to go through uh, Cloud Imperium's crowdfunding stuff. And the judge is like, nah, I don't think so. So, I mean, this is, it's going to be a dirty fight. But the bottom line is, it's going to settle. This is going to settle. It has to settle now. There's big pockets. Daddy has a paycheck. Or Daddy, has, Daddy has a checkbook. How much is this going to be? And this is just them sliding the $2 million into the table to see if Crytek comes forward with it, and it'll set the, the tone for how much this actually settles for. There, there's, I mean, I, based on the what, what CIG has already paid, it, 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 Crytek's bill for their AAA legal counsel is probably already over that, right? Oh, it would be at least that much, sure. Yeah, I mean, the implication in CIG's filing is that, well, we've racked up four hundred grand so far. God help Crytek to see how much they've racked up so far. So, I mean, that's the that's the, the that's the sort of you know winky face uh, accusation or allegation there. So, this this is just this is this is why I don't generally litigate. This is the kind of crap that I that just makes drives me nuts. It's like a hundred and fifty pages of just utter and complete crap. Oh, they're about to go bankrupt and they don't pay their employees. Look at all this. I'm going to throw a bunch of smears. I'm going to throw a bunch of smears on this company. I, I don't want to be sued. Nobody likes to be sued, but this has very little to do with the actual merits of the case. And it's all about, like Henry was saying, strategy. You know, Let's make it expensive for them to litigate this and just make them go away. So, anyway, that rant over. I, th- I thought I was just going to give people an update and say, oh, I missed the fact that CIG filed their answer a couple months ago and it was very boring and dry. Then I opened up a can of worms and saw this stuff. So I may talk about a little bit about it next week once I've had a chance to go through it some more. But there's just a just a mountain of crap in this. So good times. Good good clean, good clean American fun. You know what else is good? No Man's Sky's getting VR this summer. I've heard this. I've oh heard my God. I'm looking forward to that. You don't have to beat the dead horse, okay? <laughs> Jeff, you're not a dead horse. <laughs> you're an old man, not a dead horse. <laughs> I would encourage everybody to check out the new RTV this week. And they got Chris Roberts on. He talks a lot about it's a lot of the the roadmap stuff is very similar to what he said in CitizenCon, but he puts a little more technical details behind some of it. Talks about their Vulcan integration and uh, a little bit more why the server meshing is important and uh, things like that. Yeah, so, when's that coming, by the way? Server meshing later this year. It's supposed to. The, so he said the ne- the next two priorities on the next two quarters from the technical engine side were Vulcan integration and server meshing. Okay. So mid twenty so twenty they have to they have to get Vulcan integration. They have to get server meshing. Uh, what do I take to the back? Server meshing is important from the persistent um, stuff they talked about earlier. So like the idea of dropping your gun in the forest and coming back an hour later and your gun's still there. That crap. 
um, and the idea of being persistent enough they feel comfortable uh, letting you carry over your UEC totals from patch to patch and things like that. Um, those are that that's all the server and stuff that he was talking about. Vulkan integration is mostly for graphics performance, and he said that um, the once they get Vulkan fully integrated, then they'll have, be able to have more entities on screen um, and have more stable performance for that. And he said that that Vulkan is, integration is the first step for them enabling VR. So um, we'll. Uh, well, that's, that's he said all this stuff. Huh? I watched that whole thing and did not hear him say VR. Did I miss yeah. that? It's like three quarters of the way through. Oh, because I watched Some, him talk. He talked and talked and talked. One of the I, questions was, when are we going to get VR? And he goes, and because he had ta just talked about Vulcan, he goes, well, we have to get Vulcan integration first because we, we currently cannot get enough draw calls on screen in order to keep the frame rate up uh, to support, you know, the, the frame rate that most of these VR headsets happen. So once we get Vulcan support, then we can start looking at VR. But oh, he okay. says, I, Start looking at Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's not anywhere. It's any still something to th that they're thinking about. They haven't said it's not happening. I'm very hopeful. And honestly, if anybody was going to add VR, Star Citizen's a better candidate than I'd have ever thought No Man's Sky would have been. I just want my track IR to freaking work yeah, again. That's, that's true, too. If you're not going to yeah. have VR, give us track IR. Well, do you have you tried hooking it up through the, the hacky ways? No. Um, Jeff? Yeah, yeah, there's ways of hacking it into like VJoy and things like that that people have done and that, that that seemed to work. I've used that for other games. It was definitely not as good as like native support, but oh, right. you can get by. You can get yeah. by. I mean, uh, Star Citizen has like the nat native head turning and stuff. It's really an API problem. I mean, they should have that in. Well, it was in or in the first iterations of it. It worked great uh, uh, in the beginning, and now it doesn't. Well, they kept taking all their time to make TV shows. Now that's not going to be a problem. So maybe they'll get it fixed. <laughs> they'll put it on the schedule in one of those meetings that they're having instead of doing the TV that's, shows. That's it's Lando's new new description. For three three weeks a quarter, he works on track IR. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we should... He's just sitting there with VJoy open going, I got to get this working for Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who who wants to write the email to tell him that's what he's doing now? <laughs> not one of three, not it. <laughs> well, well, thanks for that for that uh, illuminating uh, discussion on that. I, it did give me some time to add some new extensions to my Chromium Edge here. So. Oh, you're welcome. I'll be sure to. Uh, next time, on uh, next show, you can tell us all about that instead of law things. Uh, we'll, we'll talk. We'll go through your, your uh, web extension. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly! Some say he gets a week off every year to sit in the corner and think about what he's done, and usually spends it running tabletop games at a convention. But only knows he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feed. No, no, he didn't do that. But only knows he's called the Shiv, and he made me put together this week's feedback. A recap of last week's community question. Excited for the Stadia platform? Pros and cons? Holding your breath for Google Hodas. Sean Newboy writes in, Wonderful show, everyone. Great point, Sean. That's that's wonderful feedback, Sean Newboy. We love to hear it. Keep it coming, Sean. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, man. Pete Weatherspoon writes in and says, I hadn't really thought about the implications of Google Stadia until I listened to this week's Guard Frequency podcast. It's quite scary if you're the sort of person without a super fast internet or who likes their own, likes their own rig, your own games and not to pay a subscription. I feel we should challenge received wisdom rather than simply repeat it. So, just how long does it take to skin a wyvern? Uh, 
depends on the man. Depends on the man or the the woman who is skinning the wyvern. It's and, and a the, skill. The size a, of the wyvern. You know, yeah, the size of the wyvern. I mean, a baby wyvern probably wouldn't take nearly as long as like an adult wyvern. And the tool you're using. I mean, if you're trying to do it with, uh, you know, a big floppy rocket, it's not going to work. But if you have a nice carving knife, well, maybe. Technically, it's a flight stick. Like how long? Well, but, I, I yeah. had some more. I had some more information <laughs> on this uh, on Stadia. Do you? Yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that for a second, but I want to make it clear that these guys are doing it wrong on the wyvern thing. Don't look at it for, as from the wyvern perspective. The Heroes Ride po- the Heroes Rise podcast clocks in typically at around an hour, hour fifteen. So it's less. It takes that's that's more time. You know, a wyvern skinning a wyvern takes more time than that. That's crazy. That's a long time. To that's like a minimum. A that's a minimum time to skin a wyvern is going to be about an hour, hour fifteen. So you're looking at more time to skin a wyvern. It's like an endurance thing. Well, I mean, they're they're weird, complicated creatures. But yeah, Jeff. Mm. Yes. So uh, I was I was talking to a Microsoft friend of mine that works in the Xbox, um, and and uh, without revealing any anyway, they're going to have this big thing at CES, and it's and it's okay. You know, um, and basically he says it's re- for us PC gamers, really the the heart the AAA games. It really is nothing to be too concerned about. One, there's a uh, Microsoft at works, and uh, the same with PlayStation and the Xbox console and the PC gamers. There's a lot of game studios out there, especially triple A game studios. And the thing of it is, is that uh, uh, they are more interested in building these games that they can actually sell for crazy amounts of money. Like uh, the last one, uh, the Division Two, cost me like 130 bucks um, for the for the the full kit. And the the subscription model or the Stadia model is, uh, uh, you know, you're talking about um, a, a maybe a ten dollar year of subscription or something. There there there's just not going to be a lot of development into uh, doing this. I mean, these guys get. Uh, uh, hardware from AMD and Intel and to build these AAA games to, to so that they can run on these um, people's PCs and stuff. And there's a there's a whole ecosystem behind all this. So, but you're missing a point there. All that stuff will run on those hard, hard high end games or high end systems. Uh, still, it runs on that. Yeah, but you're you probably won't see a lot of them putting that into the into the Google Cloud system. I mean, they're there's still latency factors and and stuff that they aren't going to get. Sounds like wishful thinking from the Microsoft guy, in my opinion. No, not really. <clears throat> I mean, even their own X platform, their X cloud is going to be that. What they're looking at is like, you know how you how you would love to play uh, uh, a Steam game on your Xbox, so you could stream from your your PC to your Xbox. Um, using uh, Steam uh, and play the uh, Steam games on your Xbox. Or you could do it on your smart TV in a Chrome browser and not even need to buy a $500 Xbox. I, I got a Steam link in my drawer that we don't use for 40 bucks from from Steam yeah, a couple years ago. They're always on yeah, the Yeah, I don't need a $500 Xbox from that. I'll tell you what, I have an Xbox sitting right there on the floor that's been unplugged for a month. Yeah, I, I just don't need it. It's the, the they're defending the ecosystem because it is the ecosystem now. It's they're saying, well, this is again, it's just it's their version of the sunk cost uh, uh, problem. Everyone has invested in the doing business this way up to this point. Why would they throw all that away? Well, 
reason is because there's this other way is more convenient or cheaper or faster or whatever it is. I see it like this, like somebody saying, no, I'm going to buy a Blockbuster. I'm going to buy it. It'll be good. I'll run it for the rest of my life. It'll be fine. I'm going to buy a Blockbuster. Last discussing about these subscription models, I didn't even think about what the real killer feature is for Stadia, right? What, what would be a, a, a something that you could put on Stadia that would have sticking power and that people would, would access a lot? And the thing, the thing that it wouldn't be, again, Jeff mentions there, there's issues with action games, right? And I'm not... I'm not totally sold on that because I've seen quite a few people play Shadow just perfectly fine with action games. But the thing that that makes the most sense to me would be uh, up, you know, like future generations of graphically intensive MMOs. Like, wonder if like Stadia or one of these services just came with your MMO subscription, right? And you didn't, and you got a, you know, net, let's say that let's say Blizzard does a new version of WoW, way more graphically intensive. And you can still run it on the old crappy machine that you're running WoW on today, you know, but and you still paid your same 10 bucks a month, right? But that includes the, the server time, you know, for rendering it in the cloud and everything. Right. And because what is the ultimate mechanic in an MMO? The cooldown, which yeah, is you're just clicking enforced latency. Anyway. Enforced latency. Yeah. It's not meant to be. Uh, uh, you know, Twitch. a click fest. I mean, well, it's meant to be click fest. That, yeah. that <laughs> for all you people that live in those metro, those big metropolitan, you know, skyscraper and reach to the sky uh, uh, cities. But, you know, even as I was looking at, um, uh, I was looking at some new technology for work to see if, uh, it, it, how we could uh, expand our, our rural internet. And uh, I was looking at TV white space equipment and even then the best tv white space equipment does at, on at the best 10 megs um down and that i mean you can get dsl uh faster than that the the, the killer app is probably like brian said gonna be mmos because even with your even with your connection issues like you're saying jeff you click a button and it takes five seconds for the power to go because the animation goes and then boom the explosion happens those kind of games will will take latency as a feature not a bug and if they can get if they can make it popular and make it uh, addictive and make it fun and interesting and graphically cool uh, then that that might be that might be their, their killer app but I mean it doesn't take a lot of bandwidth I mean I don't understand what, where this argument comes from because the I mean all those people in those rural areas still have Netflix right? Yeah. I mean, you're not running necessarily the games at 4K. <laughs> oh, boy. But you're Spoken getting... as a guy that hasn't watched a lot of Netflix out in the yep. sticks. Yep. <laughs> uh, Let me yeah. say, though, I think yeah. that the, the urban population will be enough to support the system yeah. until more people can be onboarded. So this argument's really irrelevant. Yeah. We just it have is. to see how it plays when we get it. And we'll miss... You know, I'm sure there'll be cross-platform multiplayer. We're not even really locked into a platform there. I'm sure it'll be fine. So... You know, we won't even miss you guys when we're playing on our awesome Stadia. <laughs> well, You'll still be there. You'll just be on your purchased copy on Steam. We've got more Stadia talk because H. Allen writes in and says, We are moving more and more to software as a service or cloud-based system. Eventually, everything will be accessible through something worn on your arm with some sort of holographic display. I wonder where we've seen that. Anyway, uh, no matter how advanced these systems are, we're still bound by the limitations of available electrical power. When you lose power, whether it's from natural disasters, system faults like transformer or breaker trips, or human error, like driving into a power pole to avoid a squirrel in the street, we are left with non-functional tech that's dependent on this power font. Fount. 
found, power found. Uh, now, where did I store all those Milton Bradley games when the computer age hit? Yes, <laughs> yes. I have I have a stack of them over here myself. I, I see Candyland, Sorry, Monopoly, Life. Star Trek Catan. Star Trek Catan. Oh, I enjoyed I that. I remember that. That's nice. a good game. I want to play. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, Battleship Connect Four. Yeah, I got it. We got a shelf of them. If anybody, if anybody wants to have a little uh, Star Citizen gameplay on the goal on the go, a Vanduul against Humanity is for sale. Who, Google that who stuff makes that, up. Brian? I don't know. Some some really cool guy. Some I don't know. cool guy. Some cool guy. Some cool He's guy. He's got a goatee. He's got a goatee. He's got a goatee. Henry? Henry? Did you make this? Wasn't me. It wasn't you. Okay, must have been some dude with a ponytail. Wait, you got a ponytail though, Henry. Yeah, an old, old gray one. Oh, okay, different, different kind of ponytail. <laughs> it's got more colors in it. But there, there's more on Stadia because Rebel writes in and says, "Good show, thanks." Community question: Google Stadia will be another quality brain fart where Google will try and defeat the law of physics and try to keep latency acceptable. It will valiantly struggle to get traction against services offered by actual game companies and shadow who themselves are trying to find a way to avoid the fate of original streaming offers like OnLive, but will end up being another footnote on uh, HTTPS killer, killedbygoogle.com. When Google gets bored with it, in my humble opinion, anyone who seriously invests in, in it is a mug. Let me, let me stop you there for just a second, Jeff. Everybody, uh, if you, you guys will just click on that Killed by Google link that's in there that he provided to us. And it goes to a page that has little tombstones next to everything that uh, Google has killed over the years. <laughs> so I, I see, I see some of it. Google Hangouts on Air, which we are still using right now. They killed it in 2016, but we're using the zombie version of it is, right now. Is Google Plus the Google on there? URL shortener was killed 40 minutes ago. <laughs> what, what the hell? What? The, it's in the middle of the page. Google URL shortener killed 40 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> So, That's great. Yeah, so it's 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 a pretty it's a lengthy list. It's a lengthy list of stuff that I remember some of these things. I do remember some of these. I'm like, oh yeah, I I don't miss it. I, I keep <laughs> so, getting notifications that Google uh, Plus is going away in April, and I need to move my content and and uh, whatnot. Yeah, I'm just just not gonna do it. Yeah. Just not gonna do it. Yeah, so it'll be fine. But please continue, Jeff. Okay. Uh, continuing on, Steam Home streaming more or less works because the processing node is sub one millisecond away from the rendering unit, adding 40 plus milliseconds per frame between input uh, slash processes and render on top of my of any screen latency. Remember how you had to tune Guitar Hero controllers because of screen render latency. I do remember that will make any timing critical game pretty much unplayable. One of the big issues for VR refresh rates where people go uh, for 144 hertz over 60 hertz, it's not innately the number of up updates your eyes is processing, it's the reduction in latency between change on the system to your eyes seeing the move from 16.7 milliseconds to seven massively reducing the distortion your brain has to cope with between what to expect it to happen and what actually experiences, which causes simulation sickness. Whew. Now add three times the latency because the, the computation happens elsewhere. Good luck. He's made yep. a very articulate and scientific and a plausible uh, reason why this will fail. 
yeah, exactly. Because nobody's pitching VR for this at all yet. Yeah, and honestly, I look at it this way: um, there are times in the industry where mistakes have been made, like. Let's take the first VR, like the Nintendo Virtual Boy, right? It's a little red box that sits on a table and you stick your face in it. It's VR. That was a flop. The industry was not ready. There was terrible, you know, terrible performance. It was a horrible thing. It was monocrawler. Not ready. This is not what's happening here with Google Stadia. This is Google. It would not be coming out if they hadn't had that, that latency tuned so it was working right with these games. If it was operating like a pig for most users they played with, that played with it, they wouldn't be releasing it right now. They'd be working on it right now. I feel like we're speculating about problems that make sense to us because we kind of understand the technical side, but these have to be things that have been solved to a reasonable degree or they wouldn't be popping up or they, you know, they wouldn't be releasing it like they are. I think it's, they've, they've got too much hype and investment in it right now for it to suck as bad as where, you know, people are afraid the latency will be. I think the big difference with, with Stadia you know, versus you know, pretty much any game just running in the cloud is that Google's pitching it as a platform, so that the game developers will be factoring in these latencies into the gameplay itself um, for for pretty much any game that's going to be running well on Stadia. Um, you're absolutely right that you know if you're running a, 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 a modern version of Quake, right? You know where uh, hit scan is, uh, you know. Sub millisecond accuracy is is a major deal. Then yeah, you're not you're not going to be running, you're not going to be running the next anthem probably over it, right? But you are necessarily, but you are going to potentially run all sorts of other games. Work will probably work just absolutely fine. Yeah, it, I think it's telling that their their sort of flagship demonstration game was Assassin's Creed, right? Single player. You know, the the developer has control over. The uh, the the uh, delay between your button press and the action happening on the screen, like I said, a warm up animation. Somebody draws a weapon, then shoots it. I mean, there's that that's that's built in lag time that you can play with. I know it takes uh, 400 milliseconds for this animation to play. So that means between the time the user hits the button and the time the shot fires, I've got 400 milliseconds to trade whatever data I need to trade between the server and the client to get that all right. So I think that that is the kind of game people will build, and they'll be able to take advantage of the high-end graphics and make that 400 milliseconds really compelling, but it'll take 400 milliseconds. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, that makes sense. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that's why they showed Assassin's Creed off. Zelix in the chat basically says the, the same thing, but I think everybody still has a fuzziness on, and in a Mad Wolf it points out that the there there is a lot of uncertainty around Google too, right? And, and it, which, is, which is echoing what uh, Rebel is saying. So regardless of what what they get the games will be going, I think it's all kind of a, still a wait and see. We'll, we'll watch it over the next five or ten years because that's how long it usually takes for these things to change. And it'll end up on killedbygoogle.com. <laughs> Jeff's going to be mad when we're all in self-driving cars playing Stadia and he's still in that same chair, you the f***ing track IR. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my my PC is is five years old and it's and it's performing quite well. Thank you. First verse problems writes in, captains and commanders, help me wish a very happy birthday to Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster of At Guard Freak, the original J Lo, and there are a lot of emojis, birthday cakes, rockets, and a really funny uh, uh, laughing face after the. Uh, J-Lo comment. How come his name is Shiv and not J-Lo? 
uh, because he picked Shiv and he probably wouldn't have picked J-Lo, I'm guessing. Chivalry being I think we need to just just start calling him J-Lo. I think that that works. I'm not going to because I think it's a special thing between Ben and and Shiv. I think it's special. Oh, is it? Is it? Oh, man, I don't want to. I don't want to. I, 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 that's right. That's that's my feeling. I don't know that for sure, but I'm. I just think it's a special thing this between needs to first be first confirmed. Well, hey, happy birthday to Shiv. Yes, happy birthday to Shiv. Seriously, he, he takes Thanks the week for off. everything you do here, man. He, he takes the week Shiv. off uh, every year. He goes. He's doing a, a tabletop game convention. He does this once a year. Uh, it's his. It's it's one of his many passions. Uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mr. Chivalry Bean has that uh, he sometimes shares with us on chat. So uh, have fun, happy birthday, Shiv. Uh, see you next week, where you can write another joke and then complain when I change it. Ken from Chicago tags us on a rock paper shotgun post that says, "No Man's Sky will come fully featured VR game this summer. The upcoming Beyond update will not only expand multiplayer but add Steam VR support and one more mystery feature." To which Ken replies, Psst, don't tell Jeff. Okay, oh. Ken, we won't tell Jeff. I already know. I already know. And, <laughs> and, and I, I didn't think they had multiplayer, but okay. To expand it, I mean. Exp- they, they have a multiplayer, like, um, they have multiplayer things to do, but. There's real multiplayer now. Yeah. I've never I've never played multiplayer in it. I mean, you, you you have avatars and you can see other people when you play multiplayer, but I've never played with another player. I always play it as a solo game. Um, I've completely stopped playing it now until VR. Ever since the announcement, I'm never going to turn it on until VR is here. I don't see the point in advancing my character. I don't see the point in I, playing I it at all. I just want to start over fresh in the world. I, I have the opposite attitude of Henry. I may actually start so I can remember where all the buttons are and what you're supposed to do. I'm going to start fresh. I'm hoping it's uh, uh, hand controls, but I don't know how the controls will work. It kind of looked like it in the VR video. It looked like they were grabbing controls. Um, so that might be interesting. I would Because I'd play that without a controller. You know? Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, hand controls in your ship are interesting. I've only got one uh, simulator that flies that way. There's a flight sim called Fly Inside, and it's actually Microsoft's last uh, flight simulator. Um, but it's it puts you in the cockpit in VR, so you actually have like your Vive controller. You put near the stick, and then click a button, and you're holding the stick. Mm. But it's not actually connected to anything. You're just kind of floating your arm in. It's the only game I have that plays that way, where I'm not using the real flight set, and it's not bad. But it doesn't it's feel as real as having the joystick. Yeah. It's not as good. Yeah, Brian, you said that uh, you're playing Elite with uh, with Oculus's Touch. Is that right? Yeah, the Oculus Touch. Yeah, yeah. but it, it kind of works just like a normal game controller. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's not the same as like reaching to where the stick is. Right gripping the controller to grasp it and then moving it. That's what you do with the Vive and Fly Inside. Alright, well, we'll see how they do it. No new Patreon this week, and again, no new winner. And this week's community question. Is VR now a must-have for sim environments? Should it be a ground-level design consideration? Is it technically a joystick? And otherwise, how is the show? Are we all checked out on the new flight model? Or are you going to make us post to a $2 million bond before you let us near the controls? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 254 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 255 on April 9th, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We'd like to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Happy Birthday Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist and master web slinger, Ben Ring of Fire Sanders, our elite contributor, 
I don't have a nickname for Baxter. And of course, our audio engineers, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass. And special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard.